Hello, welcome to Spiritual Warfare. My name is Teresa. I will be reading from the book Imagine Heaven by John Burke, forward by Don Piper. Near-death experiences, God's promises, and the exhilarating future that awaits you. I have a little bit of a cold, and I'm sorry, I hope my voice isn't annoying to you. I'm going to try really hard not to sound annoying. We are going to start out with the best feeling. I did the funeral for 18-year-old Ben Breedlove, whose YouTube video of him sharing his near-death experience the week before his actual death went viral. Kid Cootie and Kim Kardashian tweeted about it. People Magazine reported on it, and Ben's message impacted millions of people around the world. Ben and his family were part of our church and personal friends. Ben had lived on the edge of heart failure his whole life. When he would come to spend the night at our house, we had to make sure the boys didn't get too crazy or his heart could fail. Ben's physical heart was weak, but his spiritual heart was strong. Ben loved God, loved his friends well, and he loved life. And I'll never forget hearing about his life review after his near-death experience. Ben told his sister, Allie, that every moment he had ever experienced played out before him in an instant, and it was the best feeling. And when will... The heaven began, Ali says. Ben knew he was ready for something more important. To those who are faithful, God will one day say, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Imagine a day when you see the positive ripple effects and the negative ripple effects. The life review makes it really clear that Jesus was telling the truth when he said, there's nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. Dr. Pim Van Lommel notes that the life review usually takes place in the presence of the light or a being of light. During a panoramic life review, people experience not just their every action or word, but also every thought from their past life. The near-death experiencers is able to see how their thoughts, words, and actions impacted others. Van Lommel says a cardiac arrest may last minutes, yet people can talk about their life review for days. Mark was a passenger in a Jeep on snowy mountain roads in Lake Tahoe when the car lost control and crashed. Mark was crushed between the Jeep and a telephone pole. He left his body and had a life review. I would describe this as a long series of feelings based on numerous actions in my life. The difference was that not only did I experience the feelings again, but I had some sort of empathetic sense of the feeling of those around me who were affected by my actions. I was adopted as an infant. I had been somewhat of a troublemaker. I sometimes hurt other children when smaller and had taken to drug and alcohol abuse, stealing, crazy driving, bad grades, vandalism, cruelty to my sister, cruelty to animals. The list goes on and on. All of these actions were relived in a nutshell with the associated feelings of both myself and the parties involved. 
involved, but the most profound was a strange sense coming from my mother. I could feel how she felt to hear of my death. She was heartbroken and in great pain. I got a sense that it was such a tragedy to have had this life end so soon, having never really done much good. This feeling left me with a sense of having unfinished business in life. Secrets revealed. Regardless of culture or religious upbringing, the life review appears consistent around the globe. Steve Miller studied non-Western, non-Christian near-death experiences. In my non-Western sample, I saw no significant difference in life reviews compared to Western life reviews. Different people have described it differently one as a movie of myself and of my entire life, another as a panoramic review of my life, another like a PowerPoint presentation. All of them were shocked to experience not only a living three-dimensional observation of their whole lives, but even their secret thoughts and their motives. Such an experience aligns with what scripture predicts will happen. Judge nothing before the appointed time. Wait until the Lord comes. He will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and will expose the motives of the heart. At that time, each will receive their praise from God. Rainy hydroplane on the streets of Sydney, Australia hit a piling and died. I arrived in an explosion of glorious light into a room within substantial walls. Standing before a man in his 30s, about six foot tall, red brown shoulder-length hair and an incredibly neat short beard and mustache. He wore a simple white robe. Light seemed to emanate from him and I felt he had great age and wisdom. He welcomed me with great love, tranquility, peace, indescribable, no words. I felt I can sit at your feet forever and be content, which struck me as a strange thing to think, say, and feel. I became fascinated by the fabric of his robe, trying to figure out how light could be woven. He stood beside me and directed me to look to my left, where I was replaying my life's less complimentary moments. I relived those moments and felt not only what I had done, but also the hurt I had caused. Some of the things I would have never imagined could have caused pain. I was surprised that some things I may have worried about, like shoplifting a chocolate as a child, were not their Will's casual remarks, which caused hurt unknown to me at the time, were counted. When I became burdened with guilt, I was directed to other events, which gave joy to others. Though I felt unworthy, it seemed the balance was in my favor. I received great love. Jesus promised that it's not the things people see that matter most, but the unseen things done to please God that will ultimately be rewarded. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. Give your gifts in private, and your Father who sees everything will reward you. Don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. Pray to your Father in private, then your Father who sees everything will reward you. You. Not everyone can succeed in the world's eyes. Most will not be rich 
famous or powerful, and the world's glory will pass away with death. Yet every single person can succeed in what God put them here to do. He looks at the heart and motives most. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. George Ritchie, the soldier in chapter one, stood in Jesus's presence as every scene from his life was relived before him, including his secret thoughts and motives. What emanated from this presence was unconditional love, an astonishing love, a love beyond my wildest imagining. This love knew every unlovable thing about me, the quarrels with my stepmother, my explosive temper, the sex thoughts I could never control, even mean selfish thought and actions since the day I was born and accepted and loved me just the same. I saw myself turning away when my stepmother bent over to kiss me goodnight. Saw the very thought itself, I'm not going to love this woman. My mother died. Miss Williams went away. If I love her, she'll leave me too. I watched myself at age 10 standing at that same dining room window while dad went to the hospital to bring home mother and our new brother Henry. Saw myself deciding before I ever saw him that I was not going to like this newcomer. Every detail of 20 years of living was there to be looked at. The good, the bad, the high points, the running of the mill. And with all this inclusive view came a question. It was implicit in every scene and like the scene themselves seemed to proceed from the living light beside me. What did you do with your life? Moody notes this reflective question is common among near-death experiencers. The wording is obviously unique to each experience, but it generally involves a question related to whether or not the person is prepared or ready to die and what the person has done with the life he or she had been given. The main emphasis is to lead near-death experiencers to think about their lives. Jesus told us the time is coming when everything that is covered up will be revealed and all that is secret will be made known to all. Whatever you have said in the dark will be heard in the light and what you have whispered behind closed doors will be shouted from the housetops for all to hear. The message is clear. Live now for what really matters. Relational matters. The world tells us money matters, power matters, prestige matters, and we drive ourselves crazy trying to prove to one another that we're successful enough, important enough, and powerful enough, yet in the end, it's relationships that truly matter. How ironic that in trying to prove we are worthy of love through accomplishments, we could miss accepting God's love and sharing it with those around us. And in the end, that matters most for true success. Everybody wants to change the world. Nobody wants to love their neighbor. Yet all God needs us to do to change the world is to love God so we can love our neighbor as much as ourselves. We may accomplish big things in the world's eyes, build huge corporations, lead sweeping political change, or even lead large nonprofits or churches 
in God's name. And that can all be good. But if we fail to love our families, our neighbors, and our co-workers, and those in need whom God puts in our path, we failed in the primary task God's given us. Jesus told us that in the final day, God will say, when you failed to love, serve, clothe, feed, and care for the least, the forgotten, the unimportant, you failed to do it to me. When you did love, serve, clothe, feed, care for the least important, you did it to me. Now come and receive your reward. Oh, that just makes me want to cry. I, um, it's just so important when we run across daily people, a smile, opening a door, taking somebody's cart back, letting somebody go in front of you in a line, even if you have one item and they have 30. Do you know how much that would make their day just for you to say, no, you go ahead, you go ahead and just make people feel important. Love them. Ask them if you can help them. Okay, back to the story. As Jeffrey Long notes, near-death experiencers found that some of the most seemingly insignificant actions, a small kindness, for instance, turned out to be important or meaningful in their own own or another person's life. Likewise, people saw in their life review, they had overvalued unimportant, insignificant things. Jesus said it's the little unseen things that matter. When you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. As a pastor of a large church, I refocus after reading Steve's life review. We can do lots of things, but without love, we are nothing. Steve was leading a large church doing lots of good, yet during his near-death experience, God redirected him. As the clock ticked, I heard God speak. He told me about my life and all that he wanted to change in it. It was if we had taken a trip to the woodshed and in the most positive sense of the expression, God gave me a number of life-altering, unforgettable messages that I will take to my grave. Some I can share. Some are more personal. We did not communicate just with words, but also with memories and images. God let me know how much he valued me. It's almost impossible to describe the perfect sense of acceptance that surrounded me. Yet even in the midst of this very personal embrace, part of me knew that not everything in my life had matched what God had intended for me. I had fallen down so often that the angels probably had headaches. (laughs) Despite my list of fiascos, God extended his total acceptance and absolute love to me and showed me how he was going to give me another chance. I got the sense that God was going to give me an opportunity to let go of the things that had become idols in my life and allow me to begin to embrace people instead. I was to become the husband and father that I was supposed to be. Right there in the ICU ward, I realized that I didn't know the names of any of my children's friends. I was to become the employer, neighbor, and friend that I was intended to be. Whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God, whom they have not seen. Jesus makes it clear. It's not how great we become in the world's eye or what we accomplish that matters most. It's how we go about these things and why we do them. Are we motivated by the love of God? 
and to serve others. Jesus told us whoever wants to be the leader among you must be your servant and whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Responsibility. One thing near-death experiencers recognize is that you can't pretend or hide, cover up, or mask anything. In the light of God's eyes, the truth about ourselves is fully known And there's no one to blame, nowhere to hide, and no excuses to make. We will fully realize the truth even if we spent a lifetime fooling ourselves. The only thing left to do is to take responsibility for it. And God wants us to do that now so that we can be free from all pretenses. Then, with the help, we can grow into the people he intended. One near-death experience noticed. I lingered at those incidents where I had trouble recognizing my responsibility until I was ready to accept it. He wanted to explain his reasoning to those he hurt, but needed to just own what he had done. Yet he also observed that no one condemned him. He even felt a warm support, although he struggled to understand how this support could possibly love him. Could it not see how naive I had been in life, he wondered? And that I had been motivated by ambition, selfishness, fear, and yes, even the joy of euphoria. He also saw his thoughts, words, and actions had positively impacted others. Everything was shown simultaneously my entire life, he remembered. Jeffrey Long observes the near-death experience where typical the ones who judge themselves Maybe that's why Jesus said a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they've spoken. For by your words, you will be acquitted and by your words, you will be condemned. One woman said, I saw how selfish I was and how I would give anything to go back and change. Another man recalls, next he showed me my life review. Every second from birth until death, you will see and feel and you will experience your emotions and others that hurt you and feel their pain and emotions. What this is for is so you can see what kind of person you were and how you treated others from another vantage point and you will be harder on yourself than anyone to judge you. I'm going to wrap it up there, but I am also going to say on judgment day when we're standing there and all of this is shown before us, not everyone's going to make it into heaven. And some people do live for the world or accomplishments. And I just really pray that these words are speaking to you. And I've said all along, I don't know how many podcasts that you have listened to. It's very important that you do things in secretly, secretly as much as you can and not do it for the glory of others when you give or you help someone. God will reward you tenfold. He blows my mind the things he does for me. I don't even think of it anymore. But see, God made me that way. That is my gift from him. I Everything is from God. The Holy Spirit 
everything. And I just really hope that we go forward and we make changes and we we remember to be nice and kind. I actually dread this day on Judgment Day. I have a type A personality. I'm very abrupt. I have a very sarcastic tongue. And when I was younger, oh my goodness, I I dread looking at all the harm and the hurt that I've caused in people. And I know it's a lot. I was so black and white. I was so judgmental. I mean, I learned some very hard lessons and I had to go through all that. But I cannot even imagine the hurt that I have caused people. Just being short and rude, not being patient. Oh boy, I would take a lot back if I could, but I can't. I just really pray. Sometimes I think about the things, you know, we've done in school and how we're mean to kids. And it was just, just terrible, 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 terrible. But anyway, we have a God who loves us. We ask for forgiveness. We're not perfect. And I just want to send out blessings to everyone. And I would ask that you share my podcast with somebody. Hopefully that they would like to hear this series, Imagine Heaven. So again, I pray blessings upon all and I will see you next time. Until then, God bless.